0: Welcome to He Said, She Said, Razor Branding Podcast with Michael Russo and Jackie Russo. To learn more about
1: how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com.
2: Hi, welcome to He Said, She Said, Razor Branding Podcast with Michael and Jackie Russo. Today we are celebrating National Podcast Day and we've decided to do it with two of our favorite people, Molly Daigle one of our favorite co-workers, Jonathan Sachs, our favorite client. Legally, I'm required to say our, one of our favorites, but then he gets mad. So we're just going to go with our favorite. Uh, Michael, this episode to me was a little loosey-goosey. We didn't kind of have the structured set of questions that we normally do, but I think it really allowed everybody's personalities to shine.
3: I think I, I need to make a note of it, that term because there's a new one almost every week. I need to keep track of them. Loosey-goosey was the first time that was used on this podcast and i think it needs to be um you know retired. yeah well retired and chronicled just for future reference
2: i am fine with it but really wasn't it fun talking to them and just getting to hear them talk about working together and working with us and uh i just look back over the years that we've worked together and known them and my love for them grows every day
3: very true very true um and you know i think again we, we talk about this and having that we talk about relationships a lot and how important it is to have good internal relationships good business relationships um communication and and this is like you know a a good example of how that does work um across the board and i think you know you'll see that when you when when we talk to them it it may be a little too casual at times but yeah
2: never never too casual that's part of our charm
3: yeah this is charming
2: So without further ado, welcome back to the podcast, Molly Daigle and Jonathan Sachs. Thank you. Nice to be here.
0: And I am super, I am super excited.
2: Well, that's because you're a repeat guest and you know just how much fun these things can be.
0: Very true. Very, very true.
2: All right. So I don't know that we've done very many four person podcasts, so I feel like I'm the head cat herder. Um, in this circus that I'm wrangling. So I'm going to do my best to keep us on track. And I thought maybe we start off with some simple uh, questions around national podcast day. So Jonathan Sachs, what are the favorite podcasts that you listen to?
0: Come on. Really? Yeah. He said, she said.
2: (laughs) That is the correct answer. Okay. Um, Are there any others that you listen to?
0: Absolutely. IDS talks.
2: There we go. That's what I was hoping you'd say. So Being the host of a podcast that you do for your business, talk to me about the pros and cons of that. How has it worked for you? Um, How much has your technical support team let you down on a regular basis? Come on. Give me all the dish. All right.
0: Technical support team is great because, frankly, podcasting is not so difficult. Don't tell everybody that, particularly at IDS. I like them to think that I'm a wizard with it all. Uh, I would say, Jackie, the the hardest part – all right. So I am a recovering attorney. Yes. Practiced law for eight or nine years, and I've been involved in consultative sales um, in the legal industry for, well, since 2005. So I like to talk. <sighs> Excuse me. I like to talk. <laughs> and...
2: That's funny. I was going to go with, oh, you practiced law for eight years, but you've been a lawyer for 20. So Michael just went in a different direction.
0: I was dozing off. I'm sorry. I'm back. What I was going to say is I like to talk, and as a podcast host, it's very difficult to let someone else talk. so I've had to to learn that. I've also it's been reinforced. I don't like the sound of my own voice, so listening to my own podcasts
3: very painful, but I do it. Uh, yeah, but what you have a go- new mic now, though, so you well, sound really, really good. You sound like a versus Molly. who sounds like she's in a tunnel. We, we have to up, upgrade your uh, <laughs> mic game, Molly. Hey, that's Molly's tech tech support
0: group is lacking. I will definitely agree with that.
1: Yes, well, I've had some technology issues over these past few weeks, but, you know, we're working on it. So basically, there's just no Internet in northern Louisiana
2: is what you're telling us. Or you just don't feel like working some days, so your Internet goes out.
0: Look, Molly has a whole village that needs Internet at her home, so bandwidth is very limited sometimes.
2: This is true. It's true because I mean, there's like 17, 18 people that live in the house. So <laughs> you got to divide up that that thread by so many different people. It's hard
1: to keep them all. Yeah, y'all connected. are ridiculous. I'm not sure what happened last Monday, but normally my Internet works just fine.
0: I heard that she's going to be like some parts of the Middle East where in order to make it work, she's just going to shut down power so that no one else can use it. And she'll be you know, huddled up by a generator in the garage or something.
3: Well, I would think Ted has like secret, you know, some kind of secret power, you know, networking ability to streamline the process. But
1: well, there is a Barksdale bubble. That's a real thing. So just FYI, are you right. in the bubble or out of the bubble? We're right outside the bubble.
0: Okay. Mo- Molly's going to have to kill all of us now, just so right. you know. I mean, government secret given up. It's it. We're done.
2: Well, Ted's so busy protecting the secrecy of the aliens that he doesn't have time to come take care of it or else we'd be eliminated already. Exactly. I'm going to wrangle us right back on track though. (laughs) So Jonathan, tell us about the IDS podcast and how that's gone for you from a business perspective, personally. You know, we know you like to talk, you're a recovering lawyer. So tell us what that experience has been like.
0: Uh, I've really enjoyed particularly the past eight months. Uh, Our podcast started before then we were doing it Inconsistently. And uh, one of the lessons I have learned is doing the podcast is great, but you need to do it with some regularity so that you can get listeners. Um, And so they can come to expect that with some regularity, a new podcast will come up. Um, For the business, it's really helped us establish our brand within the market that that we're in and as well as side markets. Topics that we cover are not just look at me. Here's my next bright, shiny object. We try to keep it informative. Um, I try to keep it light and enjoyable, um, hopefully funny at the same time. The um, it's It's been really good to also see my colleagues get involved. So I've got a group over in London, uh, Dan Ruprecht and Tim LaTulip. They are awesome podcast joiners speakers whatever we call them participants Particip-
3: yeah participants. participants. Okay. Yeah. yeah
0: they're they're really good now there are some who would say that if it was a video podcast they'd be great because they don't have resting video face <laughs> which apparently i do have um i like to listen and to show people i'm listening i want to look them in the eye and that translates into resting video face credit michael russo for dubbing that um but for 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 IDS, it gives us another channel to get our message out there. It gives us an opportunity within um, within our social media channels to share things that our our clients, our audience, thinks is important. It also gives us a channel to bring in people from outside of the industry about topics that we think would be in of interest to our uh, our fan base.
2: That makes sense. I like that. Molly, what podcast do you listen to? Do you listen to any socially, professionally? What's your what's your podcast vibe?
1: Well, it really depends on my mood um, and how long I have. So, for example, if I'm heading down to Lafayette, I'll listen to maybe like one of the serial podcasts. I do like like true crime. Um, I like mystery, Um, but I hate not to be able to finish it. Right. Oh. So I, I want to I have to make sure that it's it gives me enough time to finish. Um, I am, a, you know, a um, Roman Catholic. And so I often uh, listen to Bishop Robert Barron and his um, his sermons. Um, I love to talk about finance and I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. So I'll listen to Dave. Um and then some of his um, his people on his staff. I'll listen to some of theirs as well. They they cover a range of things from career advice, um, you know, beyond just the financial part. Like that's good. That's very good. Michael, how about you?
3: Um,
0: pass. Okay,
2: I'll can answer I, for you. Can I
0: come back and answer that? I never really answer the question beyond the obvious ones. So sure. Molly, like you, some of the serial podcasts, although I don't like the ones where it's a 14 part podcast series. (laughs) And at the end, you still don't find out what happened to the person. So my daughter made me listen to this on a drive up to Portland, Maine. And uh, I was like, great. I've invested all this time and we still don't know who the killer was. So (laughs) wasted my time. And the podcast I want to start listening to is the one that's got uh, Sean Hayes. Smartless. Smartless. So uh, a colleague recommended I listen to that. Uh, It's like a little time capsule, even though that goes back to 2020. Um, As you're listening to it, you're like, oh, I forgot that. Or I remembered that. And so uh, that is going to be on my
3: list.
2: That's funny. That's who I was going to, when I was going to answer for Michael, that was the answer I was going to give because his favorite is Smartless.
3: Yeah, I do. I do like that. And um, Jack kind of turned me on to that one. And it's, they do a great job of um, making you feel included, like you're, Part of their group. And you're like, actually, I mean, I feel like I, I know them, which is insane, you know, but you get to know their personality. Oh, that's so Sean, you know, <laughs> I don't know these people, but Michael they a great in the job. other day because
2: He said, Do you know what Sean said? I said, Sean, who? He said, Sean Hayes. I said, What are you talking to Sean Hayes? Because no, I was listening to him on the podcast and I just thought, okay, we may have crossed the line here.
0: Michael, feel free to listen to the IDS Talks podcast and you can come in and say to Jackie, I, I guess what Jonathan said. And she, It won't be so weird then.
3: No. Jonathan, I edit the IDS Talks podcast. I listen to it more than you know. (laughs) I am all about IDS.
0: And there is one of our (laughs) fans and subscribers. That's great.
3: (laughs) No, I think, you know, and it's hard. I mean, it's, you know, and I I think you guys have done a really good job and um, uh, of getting more concentrated on it, getting more um, people involved in it and it's you know i think everybody and their brother has a podcast these days i mean they're, they're popping up all over place it's very accessible um you can do them now you don't need, need a full studio you don't need all this equipment you need a mic and some basic editing software you know and you pay a couple bucks and you get a podcast up um coming up with good content and being able to share that and kind of really being authentic in that process i think is, is more challenging and then um, I think a lot of people, it dies off pretty quick because it's so easy to say, I'm, I'm not doing it this week or I'm not doing it that week or, you know, it's just it's, nobody's listening. and But you have to stay with it and eventually you'll find your audience. See, I have tremendous pressure on me. A,
0: the, the woman who set me up on my blind date with my wife many, many years ago listens to the podcast i don't tell her when anyone comes up she usually texts me with some sort of comment about the podcast so if i don't do it with regularity michael then i'm gonna let her down and i probably owe my firstborn to her or something there's some literally contract right I'm, well yeah that is and this and the second and uh yeah all of uh all of them
2: I, um, I personally think, now that we've all talked about our love of serial podcasts, that that's what the IDS podcast needs to be. You need to pick one case and serialize it and go through the evidence. That would be
0: awesome. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I mean, maybe. Th- go ahead. I was going to say maybe I need to talk to my uh, my account person at, uh, at my marketing agency, and she could perhaps suggest
3: this and help me map it out. A genius
2: idea.
0: The right. problem
3: is, the problem with IDS is that, you know, most there's of no stuff problem you with can, IDS.
2: Change your tone.
3: No problems. Okay. The only issue with some the of the, uh, the opportunities. Well, yeah, uh, we can't talk about a lot of things that you guys do. Um, no. You know, a lot of it is, is, is like shrouded by legal this and legal that, and which I totally get. Um, and so you're kind of surfacing the subjects you, when you, to get into the ruinity gritty, you're dealing with really confidential information and things that you just can't air out in public, um, which is, you know, challenging.
0: That is a challenge for us. All of our agreements contain confidentiality provisions, um, and so you need to get explicit permission to talk about it. But there are some cases that are in the news. Um, we have a colleague who was involved in the Heard trial. He was on TV a lot, not as a talking head, but sitting in the front row. Um, and so there are some topics, but there's definitely – I, Jackie, I don't think it can be 14 parts, OK? Because, okay. uh, But I do like the idea of of a series, serial series. Then I can do like those two hosts did. They started like a whole uh, merch line. Yes. My daughter has a crime junkie shirt. Uh, I, I think the IDS puck could just – Take over. I love it.
2: I love it too. And just think about If we did them all in three parts, then they could always be hat tricks with the puck.
0: Now it is like you are like you work for a marketing agency. This is incredible.
2: Kind of. They let me show up every day. So yeah, so far so good. Love it. I mean, but I just think that the, the way that we can talk about cases that are closed, that are already in the public record, and talk about the evidence and how your team is able to analyze that evidence and what you discover through that analysis, it's fascinating to me every time. And so I would imagine it'd be fascinating to listeners as well.
0: Yeah. I, I really do think the idea makes sense. The um, One of the things that we really excel at is when we're preparing expert reports, Um, Not focusing on the look at my credentials, look how many letters I have after my last name on my business card or on my signature block. But you see my CV, but let me explain to you how even you as a non-expert could take what's in front of you like a piece of fake evidence and analyze component parts to realize it's fake evidence so that the judge can sit there and say, oh, I went to law school. I'm not a techie, but now I get it. I see it
2: it makes all the difference i think and to be able to um understand the process uh and the steps that you go through to discover what is and is not falsified i'm just regularly amazed at how many people think they can get away with faking evidence and then they get caught like every every time every time every time um okay so let's talk about communication Because to me one of the reasons why we're drawn into podcasts like we have been is it's a chance for community and for connection and for communication and it reminds me of old radio programs uh and why they were so successful because the whole family would gather around the radio station at night and listen to whatever the uh topic is that day so where do you feel like uh, this kind of connection community and um and uh, communication is heading. I mean, are we going to see, you know, Michael thinks we have too many. I read articles all the time that say there's still more coming online and they're becoming more successful every day. So in honor of National Podcast Day, where do you all fall on this?
0: You want to go first, Molly?
1: Um, Sure. Well, I guess, you know, I feel like it seems everyone has their own podcast. But people wouldn't have a podcast if there weren't an audience. So I think that the um the podcasts that are relevant are gonna stay relevant. Uh, I think that the audience, the podcast will find the audience. The audience will find the podcast that you know that they like. Um and, and those will be the ones that that stick around.
0: I would I would have to agree. I do I do think there are a lot. I think the challenge, at least for me, is which do I want to start? And then how committed am I going to be? Um, and then I think there's the element of, uh, we will see more casts. Um, so as it is, you know, you want to certainly keep it under 30 minutes, but if you can even get 10 minute, ones, the, the quick, the quick hits. And so I'll be curious to see as we go forward, um, which form becomes more popular. So do I wanna go through more episodes by having 10 minutes so that I can get in the car and go run an errand and listen to one, or maybe going there and back, I can listen to one, or do I need to keep my attention? Biggest? Because for some people that's difficult.
3: I think it depends. I mean, cause you know, obviously with uh, TikTok and our, our short attention spans, short form video and things like that have been really, really popular but they've had a shift recently to producing more long form mm. and you know, it just depends on what you're after and what your needs are at the time. I mean, I, I enjoy going through quick things when I'm just browsing or looking around, but when I'm wanting to immerse myself, I don't, I'm, I'm actually frustrated when something ends in 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, well now i got to start another one. You know, like, I, I want that in-depth conversation, that in-depth experience. And so I think it may depend on the topic. It may depend on what you're, what you're discussing um your audience and what their needs are as well all those things I think go into consideration or need to go into consideration
2: fair enough what is our theory on how much podcasts have uh changed how we consume information um I personally have noticed that I have to make a more um intentional commitment to reading because it's so much easier to just watch a TV show or listen to a podcast. I have to really think about carving out time for reading and, and read a book this weekend. And I was so excited to be back into reading. So, has it affected your reading any, or do you find it is just another way to get information?
1: I'll go. Not- I'll say oh. that yes, it has definitely affected my reading. I it's been a while since I've actually read a whole book because mm-hmm. um, I just don't make the time for it like I used to. Um, I, you know, I'll get my news, I'll get, uh, you know, the, the, the content from podcasts. Yeah. I just don't read nearly as much as I used to. John? Bad,
0: bad question for me because I was never a big, big reader. I was more of a consumer of video. I know.
2: How do you get through law school without being a big reader?
0: I went through three years of reading and therefore I did, I served my time. Um, (laughs) Actually, you know, uh, when I go away on vacation, I will get another book or two. Um, and uh, the last trip I took was, uh, July of last year and bought two books, read one. The other book is sitting on my nightstand. Um, and, uh, in order to read it, I think I have to implement the, uh, no, you know, no device in the room, or I'm going to have to treat myself like a, like a, kid and just say, all right, by 945, don't look at the phone again. And I'm going to go ahead and and read.
2: Well, luckily for you, there is a really great uh, social media safety class that's about to launch soon. And uh, they can give you all the directions on how to uh, have better device um, policies and procedures. Perhaps even a central charging station can get set up in your kitchen and you'll be good to go.
0: I'd I'd love that. Now if that if that was only taught on a cruise ship, that would make it so much more but I'd probably not be allowed to go on that cruise ship, but I'd wait until 2024 when I could go.
2: I can make that happen in 2024 for you. Excellent. I know. Um
0: Michael, I, I, I Oh, go ahead. I was just Sorry. gonna ask Michael,
2: because I know that you're not Um, the deepest of readers, like Jonathan Sachs, you don't love it and do it all the time. Um, But do you feel like you now get more information on a steady basis because of podcasts?
3: Um, I mean, I listen to fluffy podcasts. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not diving into, um, you know, Joe Rogan podcasts where I'm making my head explode. I think that's too much information for me right now. So I try to, um, I try to, I try to not, immerse myself too much in the rabbit hole
2: so we're putting you back on the news filter is what you're telling me
3: i I try man i try it's the the world moves very fast right now and um sometimes it's it's better to just put your head in the sand and pretend like it's all fine
2: unsubscribe my friend unsubscribe (laughs) you don't have to follow those people you don't have to open tiktok today you can just ignore it all
3: yeah i could but you know then what do i do when i'm laying around you know read we're back to reading <laughs> yeah you make it sound like i don't read like i'm I'm not i read a lot actually i'm constantly reading i just don't read books um I, i'm an online reader i am an article reader um but as far as like escaping into a novel I, i'm not much into that um that, that takes a lot of time and effort i think
0: jackie i have a question for you and molly as the two apparently the two readers. Look, I read stuff too, Michael. I read it on the internet, you know, I watch I read it on a computer screen though. On the to interweb. The, two, in the So the two the two readers though, since you've got the the podcast is audio, your book is written. Has have you increased your listening to books in audio format?
2: I don't. I like to read the word on the page.
1: Yeah, I haven't either. I, I don't normally listen to um, to audiobooks. I was just curious.
2: Well, and I think my answer would be different if I had a different life, but I, my commute is exactly four minutes if I catch the light between my house and my office. So I know when I lived in Los Angeles and I had a longer commute, I listened to a lot more stuff, uh, but, you know, I was driving an hour each way each day and. That's just not my life anymore. And so uh, I think that makes a big difference because when I walk the neighborhood, you know, when I when the sun does stop hating everyone in South Louisiana and we are allowed to have a humid, less or at least less humid, uh, cooler day, and I'm back outside for my daily uh, dose of exercise, I'll listen to something then. Either I'm listening to Michael because we're walking together or, but I, I'll listen to a podcast or music. I still won't listen to a book. So no, I like to read the words.
0: Interesting. My wife is a fan of reading the words and listening. (laughs) And so depending on where she is and what she's doing, she will juggle a couple of books at the same time, which I could not do. Not because I don't have the attention span. It's just if I'm reading a book, I want to finish the book.
2: I'm going to read cover to cover and then move to the next one. So I also don't juggle multiple books, but I do read quickly and I like to read. And so especially when I travel, uh, I'll read, you know, three or four books when I'm on a week's vacation. The challenge for me then is packing four books and because I like the books. So I've kind of sort of at times been able to work my way into having the digital version. So I'll just read them on my iPad. But it doesn't work as well when you're at the beach. So it's tough to be me.
0: We get that. Oh, the moth. There's another podcast I like to listen to.
2: Oh, that's a new one. That's I'm so glad you're here.
0: The Um. moth is good. It's about 30 minutes, but it's people telling stories um, in smaller blocks. Okay. I will just say this, though. Sometimes it's a little frustrating when you're listening to someone tell their story and you're like, oh, you are not really a great storyteller. I'm going to have to power through this. And it's not a matter of you s- just skip that episode because there could be two, three stories in it, but the moth is a good one.
2: Okay. What is the type of uh, story that they tell?
0: It varies. Okay. It varies. There's stories about uh, pets that you loved and uh, the impact they had on your life. It can be uh, stories about love. I mean, it just, it varies. And and they are recorded at sessions that take place live. So it's a live recording of them, of people telling a respective story.
1: Interesting. But there's no,
0: there is no theme across. It's not like the moth is about bleh.
2: Right. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, Molly, how about you? What's What's your balance between reading a book on the page, listening to the book, reading it digitally, reading it physically? Where do you fall?
1: Oh, I love to have a book in my hands. Yep. I really do. I mean, I, that's really the only way I can get into it. I mean, it's okay. I, yeah, no. I mean, I, I guess a, a, an audio book is all right, but I, no, I, I love a good, literally page turner. Right. So
2: now you all have an idea of what our uh, apartment was like in college. We were just sitting around reading, never went out, never socialized. You, uh, well, we went oh, to you and we went home and we sat and read that was college for us from that what I correct.
0: from what I heard, uh at least some portion of college or shortly thereafter, you weren't really living in a place that you'd want to go out at night. So staying in the apartment was probably the smarter move
2: i feel like for the record this needs to be addressed so um i moved to rhode island for the summer and i'm working up in rhode island waiting tables bartending um you know it was very challenging time for me i was working hard and my dear friend and sorority sister molly is tasked with relocating us into a new apartment and so i trust her she's the youngest of eight she's got all these people looking out for her Um, i come home and she has moved us into an apartment complex that is named ilda khan but referred to especially amongst the legal circles as ilda crime (laughs) so you would think that molly's not one but two police officer brothers-in-law would have said hey this is not a good idea for our young innocent impressionable Sister in law, and yet here we are living in Ilda crime So no, it was not safe. We sat inside and read because it was too dangerous to go outside.
3: Y'all lived in Ildecon?
2: Yes. That's what Molly picked while I was out of town.
3: Yeah. Um, that's that's great. Isn't
2: that bad? It wasn't. We never had any issues. We did not but we didn't live there very long. We no, relocated we ourselves when I got home and realized, I think we were there maybe one semester. Um, one semester. We moved into the apartment off of university, right across from campus, uh, yes. which was much,
1: much safer. It um, wasn't really, it was also two blocks away from the strip. I mean, <laughs>
2: Now, for those listening, the strip is not indicative of dancers and their various stages of disrobe. Um, The strip in this scenario is a series of seven or eight college bars that are all lined up in a two block uh, row. And um, although the drinking age allegedly in Louisiana at the time was 21, they let in anyone over the age of 18. And so we did spend quite a bit of time there when we weren't reading
0: broadening your horizons that's what I, i i appreciate there
2: learning and growing exactly exactly so let's talk about outside of podcasts although i know we're celebrating um national podcast day um i think because the four of us work together so much we can kind of expand uh the barriers of this little chat uh let's talk about what we like working together on um you know and Jonathan, I'm going to put you on the spot and let you go first, but what projects do you, have you enjoyed most, you know, kind of looking back for the past two and a half, three years, however long it's been that you've been handcuffed to us, um, which we appreciate every day. What, um, where's what's, the what's damn been the key. highlight for you?
0: That's hard. That's really, um, I appreciate the question. That's a, okay. that's a very, oh, this is a little trick I learned from, from podcasting. That's a really good question, Jackie. <laughs> Thank you. let me, let me answer it. Um, I'm going to take it in phases, right? So, so we actually started our relationship with razor branding. And so, so being able to take who we thought we were and what we were and having an outside group come in and tell us like that exercise, extremely helpful. Um, I think the other part that I've enjoyed and it's been, it's not one project. It is Taking me from a tactical mindset and moving me into a strategic mindset, um, being able to sit there and say we took the time. Yeah, so for for the listeners, um, what I needed to do, what IDS needed to do was put some of the fundamentals in place, the foundation, the building blocks, call it what you will. Podcast was one of them. Other collateral is another social. I needed to put pieces together. I needed also Brand Russo to understand what IDS does, what are our services, who the audience is, because it's one thing to identify it. It's another to really understand it and then start playing in that space. So we've put those pieces together. Now the fun part comes where it's, okay, let's be strategic. What's the plan? And this year in particular, I've stepped away from doing the Basic marketing, meaning we know our core services. We need to continue to message to the about our core services. We need to be, if we have a megaphone, those things need to be said through our megaphone. That allows me to sit back and say, okay, what a, what does IDS also need to focus on? What should I be spending my time and attention on, and my my colleagues' time and attention uh, on, so that we can focus on particularly strategic. Um, initiatives. Uh, and I talk about the colleagues because one thing, tying it back to podcast, National Podcast Day, um, I can't create the content my own and Brad Russo can't create the content for me. They can help guide some of it and, and come up with some questions, but I really need my team to engage. I need them to want to talk about the topics. and And that is a challenge when you're balancing everything else that they do. They are looking for projects. They're working projects. They're building relationships. And I want 30 minutes of their time to record a podcast. So, um, going back to your question though, I'm all over the place.
3: It is, I was it wondering. Is, I mean, I was, we we're circling the airport with looking for the right clearance to land.
0: I like being able to be strategic now because y'all have helped me. That's the Jersey y'all. In case anyone's wondering, not the Louisiana y'all, um, being able to be strategic and then having a, a plan like a 32, you know, the NFL cities focusing on cities, focusing on messaging. Um, but I can do that in part because I trust the team so that I can make sure I have a status call once a week, though there are many other calls. But once a week, I know that the agency's focusing on what they need to. I can focus on what I need to.
3: Well, I think that, um, and, you know, we talk about this a lot. Every podcast we've been on in the past year. it it always comes back to you know the the company culture um the internal communications things like that and that's one of the things i think you've been really tasked with um is is beyond your many other you know responsibilities is is uniting the team you know and you have a very big team they're spread out across the, the the planet um and so there's opportunities there to get everybody on the same page and like what what's your current title now Chief Revenue sure. Officer. Exactly, and so uh, that that's a the change crow. too. Well, in, it the, in the crow. <laughs> I love that the oh, crow. Uh, that's a whole nother poster. It is. <laughs> Great. <You> know,
2: <laughs> no more posters, poor Jonathan. Right now.
3: But the marketing director's responsibilities have have been changing for a lot of companies, and and the same thing for business development. They've been kind of merging into this one hybrid position where you are dealing with the marketing agency or dealing with the marketing yourself, as well as responsible for new business generation and dealing with the new business teams. Um, so there's, I don't know, I don't know what I'm getting at other than it's, it's a different world than it was five years ago, you know, or even last year. Yeah, it's not like there's the clear cut line anymore.
0: Um, and and I think, look, I think that it's important that this that it's happening because the last thing you want as a salesperson is having some message that's, handed to you and you're told you've got to, you've got to be, this is the message you've got to be sending out when you don't think it's going to resonate with the market. So if if I'm talking to my sales team and I'm hearing what the, what the market's interested in, I know the talk they're using, then it can help me make sure that the marketing message that I'm getting out there is going to line up because if, if they don't line up, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be doing myself any favor.
3: And I think on top of that too, the um, you know, the communication aspect is is vital. And I mean, we're talking about podcasts and we have, you know, Molly, one of our um our lead brand developers, and and Jonathan, one of our favorite clients, on the on the call today. And I think, you know, it's only successful, and maybe you can talk about it from your side, but we talk about that a lot. Like, you know, in the clients we want to work with and the clients that we do the best work for are ones that don't just expect us to give them the answers as much as they want to be involved in the process but they also don't want to micromanage the process itself and that collaboration is vital to success and um I think we've been able to establish that over time um, and make it work for the best of both sides you know like we feel heard we feel listened to I think y- y'all do as well and without that relationship working like that it it's it, it, it's eventually gonna gonna fade you know it's gonna have problems Molly,
0: what makes me your favorite client to work with? I mean, it should be your only, but that's, we got to keep the lights on there.
2: You could be our only, but I'm going to send you over a new retainer agreement.
0: <laughs> you know what? A couple <laughs> other clients is fine.
1: <laughs> um, Jonathan, I mean, one of the reasons why you're one of my favorite, very favorite clients is um, our friendship. I feel like uh, I know you on um, a personal level, besides just the professional level, Um and I, I mean, I, it's just a pleasure. I enjoy working with you. I enjoy learning about IDS. Um, I love your team. Uh, you know, everyone that we have interaction with, they're always professional. They're always nice. Um, despite, you know, the work being very heady, it's, it's, um, it's difficult to explain everything that you guys do. And yet, um, you're all very humble and, and as if it's, you know, just not a big deal, but you're out there and you're on the using this cutting edge technology and processes and procedures that, um, yeah, it's amazing.
0: I'm, I'm tearing up, Aww. but it's, but it's, but it's very true. And I, and I don't remember if we covered this on the other podcast, which by the way, um, I, it, so I like how colleges, particularly in some of the fields, are making part of the curriculum. You have to listen to podcasts. You have to post once a week on LinkedIn and what and things like that. My son's friend sent a short video to my son last year where he said, when your, when your friend's dad helps you get your comp sci homework done, and it's a he took a. If he has video of him listening to the to the podcast, and then it flips, and I see him with a smile on his face. Um, but I don't know if we covered this on that pod, this podcast or not. I know people have different feelings about the the Zoom world and us being on video for so many of the past years. But it's a very unique way that that the four of us met. It's uh, we spend a lot of time on video before we met in person. And I do think that the the years of COVID are ones where business and personal kind of change. And and to to Molly's point, I've seen a couple of her kids. I mean there's so many. How do you keep up with them? I but mean really they've 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 come into the into the room when we're on a call and have chimed in and she knows she probably knows more about what's going on with my family than some of my own family members, <laughs> but it it does establish that relationship and connection and uh, the the feeling of it is a team. I mean, there are times where it is the evening, or it is perhaps uh, on a day when someone like Jonathan Katzio, uh might not be working. Molly must shoot him a note and say, hey, can you take care of this real quick for Jonathan? And he does. And, you know, so that's that's great. By the way, for those of you who don't know, he also does some great video content. Short form. Wish you were here. Shout out, <laughs> JC. Um, and I
2: think I think you bring up a great point. And so I appreciate that you realize that we do our best to go above and beyond while still having some boundaries and and taking some off time. And so as long as you're feeling like we're taking care of you, you don't care if we get it done on Thursday or Monday. It just needs to get done before the deadline and everything needs to move smoothly. And and so I think that you have been one of the clients that made it okay for us to go to the four day work week uh, because you you took it in stride and and you allowed us to do what we need to do for our team while still getting the job done for you so we appreciate that
0: when is that podcast coming out when are we <laughs> going to get the the how did it, how did it go or other other company i'd love to find out how other companies have managed to go to a 4-day work week we will never be able to our clients just won't allow us to and correct. we got to provide coverage
2: correct And, you know, and I think even in companies where there's an expectation, um, there's still a way to accomplish it, whether it's some sort of a a platoon approach. And so there is coverage at all times, but it's not all people covering. You know, there's a way around it. You just have to find the right way. Um, And there are some companies and this is not y'all, but companies I've worked at in the past where uh, being busy is just a part of the corporate culture and, you know, 16 hours on the clock is necessary because that's how they've built their business model. And they can't change that.
0: Well, I think also part of it is managing expectations. So so Molly has managed my expectations. Um, In turn, I know that if I really need it to get done, I can let her know. And she understands that. So there's not this sky is falling. It is... Jonathan's under the gun. If we can get it done, great. And um, if not, we'll let him know or or she'll ask, you know, is Monday going to be okay? Yeah, sure. (laughs) J.C. can go ahead and build fires and (laughs) pick up sticks. I'm fine with that. Let him do what he's going to do.
2: Right. Right. So it really becomes about communication which is kind of the underlying theme here. And so whether we're communicating with each other via Zoom or on expectations and setting good um, uh, expectations for what is going to happen next and when it's going to happen, I think ultimately my business is misnamed as advertising. You know, we should be a communication company um, because when you communicate well, that's how I think we're able to be successful.
0: Well, think about what, what Dan Regard, our founder and CEO, Uh, has said about Brand Russo. The audience wouldn't know this, but he says, you're not a marketing agency. You're our communications department, internal and external. Right.
2: No, that's exactly it. We just choose to do our communicating in the framework of branding Mm -hmm. um, because we appreciate that communication has to be emotionally connecting. And so we know that that's that's the definition of it. And so um, I think that, you know, there are some really good companies that just build websites and that's how they communicate is through that tool. We just choose this one. So what a nice kind of way to tie it up with a bow um, to talk about podcasts for national podcast day and how important they are and how we each have used them, leveraged them, benefited from them and continue to share through them. Um, Molly, last thoughts on podcasts, uh, IDS and how great the world is even though you tried to kill me in college by moving me into a very dangerous neighborhood.
1: Um. Last thoughts, podcasts, love podcasts. Think they're here to stay. I think that, um, that, you know, in, in our world and it just kind of how, how it all works out is that the good ones are going to be around and, and the not so good ones are going to, are going to fall off. And the audience is, is going to, um, to dictate that. Um, there's still a lot of space out there for even more podcasts. Uh, and I think that, um, yeah, they're here to stay, and the world is a great place.
2: Yes, Susie Sunshine, we know. <laughs> Michael, how about you?
3: I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm trying to tolerate Molly's bright disposition at the moment.
1: It's very- it creates joy, Michael Russo. Michael,
0: this is the classic scene right now. You know, her arms are outstretched and the birds are flying in and chirping and the sun is shining down, a ray right on her face.
3: Yes. Just don't cross her. No, no.
2: Y'all both have seen that in action. Well, I guess all three of us really have, but mostly the two of you. Yeah.
3: Um, no, I, I I think it's great. I mean, like I said, our podcast has been um, for our – maybe I don't know a couple of listeners that, that tune in I'm pretty sure no one is still tuned in now if, if I always ask this question no one ever responds so I think it's confirmation if you're still listening let us know uh, I'd like to know who actually listens to the end um, of these things but I've enjoyed it I think Jackie has well she's always done them for us at the agency and I started doing it with her after we wrote our book um he says she said branding which is available on Amazon um but we um I, we do it regardless. We're, we're, obviously, it's a business tool. But I think for us, it's more therapeutic and um, allows us to really interview experts that are out in the field and get to h- hear new um, new concepts, new ideas, and we get to share our own. And I think um, just like I've always said, you know, if you get the opportunity to teach or to speak about what you do, it's a benefit to build your, your confidence, really, and your understanding of what you do in a whole nother level because when you're talking about what you do all of a sudden you realize I actually know what I'm talking about you know and that may sound weird but you you begin to understand that you are an expert in what you say and what you do um but it's hard in in world I think because you're constantly being questioned right I mean everybody everybody's going to doubt something to a certain degree clients businesses when you bring something to someone, their first question is a question, right? Hey, this going to work. Or so you're constantly being bombarded with doubt. And so when you're able to speak up on a platform about something that you believe in, that you're passionate about, and that you understand via a podcast, for example, you begin to understand more about who you are and what you do and how and what you provide, really.
2: Fair enough. I think that when we think about that, though, it's it's about how we work together to do that. And I think the reason why we wanted Molly and Jonathan to join us today is because uh, I think they exemplify us at our best, our clients at their best, and how we become you know stronger than the sum of our parts when we all work together.
3: Glory, Agreed. glory, hallelujah. Right. I feel like some music to be raising up as Jackie speaks at the
2: end. Is that literally the battle hymn of the Republic <laughs> that you just decided to break into? <laughs> I couldn't
3: think of anything else. I was trying to give a good background song. Inspirational.
2: Okay. You
3: we'll are to talk the about...
2: wind beneath my,
3: What's the wind beneath my
2: wings. Yeah. That's a better choice, That's, I think. You never
0: Although... know that you're my hero. You know, if I didn't know better, I'd say you were once in an cappella band based on that singing voice right there. Rumors, rumors and lies.
3: Nothing true about that.
2: Well, and if somebody is still listening all the way to into this episode, they are going to get the ultimate scoop to know that there is a chance for a McKinley Street Function reunion happening next year, 2024, as we celebrate the 20th anniversary of when McKinley Street Function won the highest accolades in all of acapella and barbershop society.
3: That is so not true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so... <laughs> I cannot wait. I uh, cannot wait. I don't know what
2: the name of the award is that you won. I was literally in labor as you were winning it. So I don't know.
3: Yeah, we won a district contest, which was a big deal for us. And we released our CD. Our our first CD was released at that time. But I hate the fact it's 20 years. Yeah. How many CDs did you release? Uh, 35 or so. I mean, it's it's hard to keep track.
2: The first of one CDs. We were huge.
3: We were huge in Sweden. (laughs) I I tell you, I'm going
0: to I'm going to. We're going to have to make uh, this an uh, all-out effort to get that uh, up on Spotify if it's not already and then make it a chart topper for Spotify. Between our two podcasts, at, at least 12 people. <laughs> a dozen. A dozen. 11 of them will be from your podcast. One will be from mine, My one, the friend of mine who listens to it. There you go.
2: And Michael. And um, Michael. That's right. Sorry. In honor of National Podcast Day, I want to say thank you to our two esteemed guests who have joined us today to celebrate this annual occasion. Um, In the years past, we have celebrated with a podcast marathon. We've done 24 hours straight. We've done it by celebrating nonprofits and giving them a chance to raise money. And this time we thought we just talked to two of our most favorite people. And I have to tell you, I love this year's version the best. So Molly and Jonathan, thank you my pleasure thank you
0: a blast just like last time I'm looking forward to doing this again next year
2: as are we michael any f- um, farewell words to our listeners
3: nope so deep <laughs> so deep
2: all right so to everybody listening thank you for sticking it to sticking it with us all the way to the end
3: oh my god as- do that do it over i'll edit it that was horrible stick okay, it thanks. to us let's <laughs> <Just laughs> leave I just it
2: kind of figured maybe we we're gonna leave it but this okay. Is- this is the, look, this is part of the fun, right? Just let it
3: go. Um, all right. This so is it. We it.
2: This is it. But I'm going to say it just in case he decides to edit it later. For all of you who've been with us this whole hour, thank you for sticking with us and um, enjoying our time together. Uh, thank you for celebrating National Podcast Day with us. Thank you to our esteemed guests, Molly and Jonathan. Uh, as always, like, comment, share, subscribe,
3: and um, come back next time.